And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another demoralized episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers fell to 11-3 on the season with a 75-59 loss at Maryland that was not nearly as close as that score indicates. Indiana put on a little offensive flourish there at the end to make it look a little bit nicer. Uh, But this was a game in which... Indiana was inept offensively in the first half. Some decent defense kept them in the game. They made a nice little run at the start of the second half, and then everything just fell apart, which has been a theme for this team in the second halves of games, especially recently, where things just fall apart. And today was as bad as it's been. Uh, And Maryland blew Indiana out. Uh, with about an eight, nine-minute run there in the second half where the Hoosiers just seemed rudderless, absolutely unable to stop what was happening. Uh, and we're going to talk about it all on this episode of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And let's start the show the way that we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. Uh, and the banner moment you know, came in the second half when Indiana really at the start of the second half came out with a little life. You know, playing hard, not really smart, not really executing uh, all the time, but, you know, doing enough to get themselves back into the game. And it was 36 to 31. Uh, Devontae Green threw a, a, a nice pass to Joey Brunk, who was running up the court. Joey, in one motion, caught it, you know, converted it into a layup. That made the game 36 to 33. It was the closest that Indiana would get. And for a brief moment on this day, gave us all hope that, hey, maybe Indiana was going to show some fight, make this a game. Uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, I haven't. I didn't add it up myself, but I saw Kent Sterling on Twitter said that Maryland went on a 35 to eight run thereafter. Uh, that's certainly how it felt, even if those aren't the exact numbers. But it was demolition from that point forward. But I do just want to use this spot to give some kudos to Joey Brunk, who I thought really played his butt off today uh, for a lot of the day. You know, ran the floor well, uh, rebounded the ball well, tried to do some things inside, and was one of the few. You know, I guess if you want to call him a consistent offensive option, he was at least making himself available, able to get the ball down low and try to do something. Uh, but, you know, for for as well as Joey played for himself and the effort that he shows and the leadership that he shows, you know, the fact of the matter is if Joey Brunk is the best player on your team, you're not going to beat a lot of good teams, either on the road or at home. And so, you know, today I thought Joey did some of the things that you're going to ask him to do, uh, but just not enough other guys did. And Indiana did not have enough defense or anything else offensively to really fall back on. And that's what resulted in this loss. So kudos to him uh, for the day, for that play, uh, you know, for making a three-point game. And, you know, the other thing about that is, you know, Devontae there at the start of the second half was actually trying to do what his coach wanted him to do, push the ball a little bit, play with a little bit of tempo. They did that on that play. It resulted in a layup. You wonder what would happen if the guards did that on more plays. But at least we have that one. Okay, uh, our banner moment today brought to you, as always, by our friends at Homefield Apparel, a company that was founded by an IU grad and remains based in Indianapolis. As we've been telling you, Homefield Apparel has the most comfortable IU gear that you're going to find anywhere. T-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, uh, uh, the hoodies, just unbelievable. And I got a new, I hadn't gotten their crew neck uh, sweatshirt before, but I got one of those for Christmas. I got the, the Indiana uh, Shoes Old School Basketball logo. My God goodness is it comfortable and I actually ordered a size too big bigger than I needed I mean it's just when I wear this thing it is so comfortable it looks nice it maintains its comfort after you wash it which not a lot of gear does and as you know they have all kinds of unique logos there so you know that shoes logo we've talked a lot about the bison logo you know if you still want to you know buy a shirt to kind of relive this uh, fun albeit disappointing at the very end football season they released a new t-shirt every week this year during football season and so they've got a lot of them there 
So much to choose from when you go to homefieldapparel.com. They even have the assembly call gear, which Coach got to meet up with someone at his game the other night who was wearing the assembly call shirt, uh, which you can get at homefieldac.com. So, so much gear there. And because you're a member of the assembly call audience, you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code assembly20. Uh, assembly 20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. That's assembly 20 for 20% off your order at homefieldapparel.com today. And if you want to go directly to the IU collection, just type in homefieldiu.com and it will take you right there to the best selection of IU gear that you will find anywhere. All right. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Coach, I thought you did a really nice breakdown today on the halftime report. Uh, things did not go as you wanted them to in the second half or as you, uh, you know, just not a good second half. Your thoughts uh, on this IU performance? Uh, performance reflects uh, leadership. Um, and the leadership has to be better. And it comes in two, two uh, fashions. Uh, the coaching staff has to figure out a way to be better uh, in player development and holding people accountable because when a team quits, uh, that's a reflection of your leadership. And, and it needs to be taken personal by the coaching staff and make necessary changes. Uh, I think the coaching staff knows what's it, what it's doing. I think they're recruiting well. I think uh, they're good coaches. But obviously the message that I believe Archie Miller is trying to get across is not being heard. And ultimately that falls on Archie Miller. And that comes from one of the biggest Archie Miller fans around. The message is not being heard, especially by the upperclassmen, and it needs to be fixed or this season is already over. Um, that This performance tonight by the upperclassmen is, is just not acceptable, and to keep playing the same players over and over again is malpractice, and it needs to be fixed. I, I believe in Archie Miller. I believe he's the guy to fix this, but for whatever reason, the accountability and the message is not being heard and not being applied. It also comes from the leadership from your captains and from your upperclassmen, which there is very little right now. No one other than Joey Brunk is showing any emotion, is encouraging, is getting fired up. And I will say that Archie said this uh, when, when he wins the offseason workout award and when you bring a Joey Brunk in and he's the best uh, internal leadership guy from people who have been around for two or three years, I think Archie knows that this was a trouble with this team. When you have runs at Notre Dame, you have runs in the last game against Arkansas, and you had two bad runs in the first half and a horrible one in the second half, uh, this team has – uh, is missing some toughness, and whether it's on the end line or it's benching or it's playing five uh, walk-ons or something, this is the point that something needs to be made uh, to put an, uh, the Archie imprint on this program if it is there because um, this performance reflects what's going on uh, um, in the entire program and is it, it's just inexcusable. Um, that's my take. Ryan, I, I, I like these post-game shows better when you don't have so many things to choose from uh, for your rant, but what are you going to go with today? Made my job easy today, right? Um, yeah, there's one word for this game. It was embarrassing. It was absolutely, utterly embarrassing to watch, and it, and it just, you look at the offensive performance, they had 20 points in the first half, and there were plenty of opportunities, and this is a team not finishing at the rim. This is a team just taking terrible shots. This is a team who uh, I, I'm going to focus on one aspect of this because Archie Miller, he's in his third year. It's two and a half years of Archie Miller. And at some point, you know, I know there've been misses in recruiting. I know there's been this, I know there's been that, but we said all off season, there were two things that he needed to do. And one of them was bringing somebody to help run the offense. 
you know, like develop an offense because we've seen so much stunted work offensively over the first two seasons. And it's like, you know, the defense is developing, it's getting better, blah, 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 blah. But they need to develop something on offense because quite frankly, your offense helps your defense in the same way that your defense can help your offense. I mean, it's a two-way street. It's not just if you play great defense, you'll win. I mean, you can win playing defense, sure, but you need that offensive component to be to work hand in hand with your your defense. And he's had three years to find one guy who can shoot threes consistently and has not done it. And it's not just finding guys. It's also developing them. And we've joked about shot doctor and all this stuff. Bring in a shot specialist to work with some of these guys because they're certainly not incapable of, of making a three occasionally, but apparently they can't do it in games. And, and, you know, Armand Franklin hit a bunch of threes against, against Notre Dame. And, you know, I don't think anybody expects that consistently, but he clearly has the ability to do that. But from game to game, he can't because for some reason, whatever you're doing in practice is not translating to the floor. People talked about in the offseason, no, Demise's going to blow up. He's, he's, he's doing great in practice, and he's a guy who works out really hard and this, whatever. I mean, do you ever feel confident Demise Anderson is going to make a shot when he gets the ball? Like, no, of course not. He, just, he has a weird shot. It's, it's angled weird, whatever. Sure, they'll go in sometimes, but he needs somebody to work with him on that shot to develop it. Uh, Rob Finnessy, Devontae Green, Jerome Hunter, guys who have the capability to hit from deep, are not getting developed into the position they need to be in. Romeo Langford struggled last year. I know he had the thumb injury, but there was no discernible improvement from his freshman year, from his from his high school year to his freshman year. There's something missing in this program, and it's not just recruiting misses. And and again, you can say, well, the the roster isn't great for for Archie right now. Whatever, he's got three years of his own classes in there. You know, on some point, if you're if you're if you're missing in recruiting on the guys you really need then that's on the coach too. I mean, I know kids make decisions for whatever reason they make decisions, but if you're not getting the players you need to move this program forward, that's on you as well. And if you're missing on shooters and guys that help spread the floor when you want to be an inside-out team, you're not putting your players in a position to succeed. You're not putting your post players in a position to succeed. You're not putting shooters on the floor who can help spread the, spread the floor. You're not helping your team win. And at some point, that needs to be addressed as a program. We can't just write it off as, well, we didn't make shots. You didn't make shots because you don't have guys who can make shots. And, and that's your fault at some point. I mean, Devontae Green is who he is. He's going to shoot. You know, if he, I, I actually think when he catches and steps into a three, he can make them and, and consistently. The problem is he shoots off dribble, he, he, you know, off, off, off of fake dribble drives and step backs and things like that and misses by a foot every time. Al Durham was a guy who worked on his shot all offseason. How's he shooting right now? I mean, when is he confidently stepping into a three off a reversal and knocking it down for this team? It's not happening. And, and at some point, that's on the coaching. You need to put guys in a place to succeed and, or you need to go get guys who can't succeed in those positions. And this staff has not done that. And so you're talking year three now and you can't consistently put guys on the floor who can knock down shots in modern college basketball, you're putting yourself in a position to be run out of town. And, and quite frankly, after the performance today and how these guys gave up and how teams are finding it so easy to go on long, protracted runs against this team and shut down Indiana's offense, the problem isn't with the players. The problem is with the coaching staff not recognizing that, 
not figuring out ways around it and not putting players in the right position to succeed. So that's where I'm at right now. It's, you know, you, we can complain about players not playing well, all you want guys giving up and, and all that, but this comes back to coaching. This was a winnable game on the road. You were down three in the second half and, and had a chance to, to, to even close that deeper and your players made dumb mistakes. That's on you. Yeah, I, I agree with all that, Ryan. Um, I really do. And, you know, I, there is one player, though, that I want to talk about right now because I think today really highlighted where he's at and why Indiana is where it's at. And that's Rob Finnessy, where every conversation this offseason, when we talked about why were there reasons to be optimistic, it started with Rob Finnessy. We called him Indiana's most important player, Indiana's best defender, the straw that can stir the drink offensively. And there was absolutely no formula for Indiana being good and making the NCAA tournament that did not involve Rob Finnessy being the guy that we saw pre-concussion last year and hopefully even taking a step forward. That has not happened. And it is a big reason why we're seeing some of the problems that we have. Now, I, you know, he has dealt with a lot of injury issues. You know, We're not there inside practice. I don't know what really we should be expecting from him. But I know that when the starting lineup was announced earlier today and it didn't have Rob in it, I was a little flummoxed. You know, wondering, okay, it seems like he's been around for, you know, healthy for a while. Why isn't he starting? And then he started playing, and it became pretty obvious why he's not starting because he's not ready to yet. You know, he gave a nice, you know, a brief flash of kind of how he can settle this team down and lead this team against Connecticut. You know, obviously, made some plays at the end of the Nebraska game. In the last three games, he's been really, really bad. And, you know, there was a two possession stretch in the second half where Anthony Cowan just absolutely took him to school. And that's got to be the thing that Rob Finnessy does, which is contain guards. And we've seen it. I mean, we saw how great he played defensively against Cassius Winston last year, and we were all there. So they're just, to me, Coach, there's not a way for this Indiana team to be the kind of team that we want and get back to the NCAA tournament without Rob Finnessy being, at a minimum, solid. And I don't know how long you know we have to wait and, what his again, what his recoveries are from these injuries, but... That is the most glaring thing to me right now is this team needs exactly the things we expected him to provide that he's not providing. And, you know, at some point, you know, look, there was a lot of evidence at the beginning of last year that he can be that guy. Now a lot of evidence is stacking up that he's struggling to recreate that. And I hope it's injury related. I really do. And I'm not here to say, like, give up on Rob, all that stuff. I'm just saying for this team right now to get better, to me, that is a number one, the thing that has to happen. Well, th th there's no doubt that the Rob Finnessy that we saw at his peak last year brings good uh, floor management on offense, brings elite defense on uh, a good perimeter. Uh, Finds and his that, teammates, too. Uh, yeah, it, it's just not there. Um, and and I, I want to clarify something because it came up in, in the chat room. Uh, coaches can know what they're doing and then not be able to get their message across and not teach well. Um, there, there's probably not a, a coach in Division One that doesn't know basketball and doesn't know strategy and doesn't work hard. The best coaches get their message across. And my questioning of Archie right now is I don't think his message is getting across. And that might mean eventually you got to go a different direction. But going back to the fantasy thing um, is that, yes, uh, and that just – this is not an excuse, but it is a reason. When you don't have your second best player – I think Trace Jackson Davis is our best player. But when you don't have your second best player out there who does so much offensively and defensively, you're kind of stuck with who do you play. Uh, you know, Armand struggled today tremendously turning the ball over and, and missing shots. Um, Al Durham wasn't good today. You, you only have four guards. It goes back to what Ryan said. you got to bring people in. And yeah, I mean, how many guards – 
how many guards have we guards. missed on? And how, you know, go out and get a, get a transfer last year. There was an open scholarship, didn't use it. You know, could have gone and hit, got a transfer. I, I here's just, the question with Rob: Is if this injury, it's been a three months injury. This was more serious than what, um, than than what it seemed like. And did maybe he should have taken two months off and, and gotten healthy. And you wonder if trying to play him some minutes here and some minutes there ultimately have set him back. But but he is not even a shadow of himself right now. And, and I have to think that's health. Um, and, and maybe trying too much uh, coming back. But yes, uh, the, the, we're. We're not getting anything out of Rob, but and when we do, we'll we'll be better. But the issues are are a lot bigger with this team than than just Rob Finnessy getting back. Uh, the team shutting no, down are, in the yeah. sec in the second half uh, is inexcusable and, and just has to be addressed by the by the coaching staff. I don't care if you're struggling; you can still play hard. Um, and, and playing hard way, should never be asked. Maryland, um, and by the way, Maryland wasn't that impressive. I mean, that's a beatable team even at home. I mean that, like you know, we heard a lot about them early in the year about oh they're going to be a contender for that. If that team is at the top of the Big Ten in a few months, I'll be shocked. They're not that good. They have a couple nice players, but that is not a good, well-run, well-managed you know team. And, and and Indiana gave them everything they got today, and and it's just it's absolutely staggering that Indiana couldn't at least be in a ten-point game with them you know, and, and fighting towards the end. Like you lose on the road in the big 10, you lose on the road. It's the way they lost. I mean, just giving up, not scoring points, not finding your best player on the floor to get him into places, into positions to win the coaches. The fact that the coaches cannot run a set, even with the defense packed in, you can't run a set where Trace Jackson Davis gets a touch inside 15 feet is staggeringly bad. It is staggeringly bad as bad as Tom Crean's defensive coaching was, the offensive coaching on this team is 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 lining up with that. It's flipped. And and it's you can do both. You can coach both offense and defense. You're allowed to. It's in the rule books. You're allowed to. What and are these balanced teams you speak of? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like why what oh, uh, and it's that's why you build you have to build out your staff with guys who can do both things. Right, but you need guards. You need guards to play off. I agree off. with you. I agree and, with and, you. And you can't, uh, you can't coach what what Al Durham and and, and Devontae Green are doing. I absolutely um, agree. They, with they you. are simply not playing basketball the way they need to play. I agree. Um, with you. And there's no why. offensive set. There's nothing you can do as a head coach when your players are not playing. And look at what Devontae did when the game was over. He freed up and he played a little smooth and he got to his 18 points. That, that's 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 selfish fake. basketball. Yep. No, but you know what? When those guys aren't playing well, you know what you do? You look down the bench and you get a walk-on out there. That you, I agree with, and it's You time. go get a walk-on. Or in the offseason, you go get a grad transfer who's only going to take one year on a scholarship. You sell out to get that grad transfer who's going to come in and at least give you some depth. And they chose not to do that. I mean, maybe they looked into guys, but they didn't do it. We weren't hearing about visits on campus for these guys. We, they, they knew they were going to be thin at the guard. And they did nothing to fill out those rosters. Well, not the, that's it came a problem. Close on a couple guys, Kenyonis was close. The, they no, had no, some uh, guys coming down, sure. but they didn't win him. Exactly. They're, they're going to have to win him. So to say they didn't got, try, I think no, that's I mean, a little strong, man. I mean, I mean, with the grad transfers. I mean, you know, because oh, okay. once you knew you weren't getting those high school recruits, go get yourself a grad. And also, you know, look, that's the risk you take if you're putting off on recruits till late in the year. I mean, you, you know, it's a gamble. It's a huge gamble. I mean, we had Maybe two scholarships. We could have done both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it just, I don't understand the, the management of the program that, that we have to talk about that. 
You know, no, because you, because we we have praised the roster management as a positive, and I think to a certain point it was trending in the right direction. Yep. But this, this look, the guard. De- we look, knew it, we were going to be thin it at guard. Could it's have like this was look, a secret. It, it, no, and we talked about it. It could have worked out if Devonte and Al and Armand and Rob all become the idealized versions of themselves that we talked about in the off season. You could have gotten by with it, but we still mentioned it as the biggest weakness coming into yep. the season. If and one or God forbid all year. four of them fall below expectations, which is what's happened, now you're just in a world of hurt, and what's which the is where it weakness, feels like IU is. What's the biggest weakness in recruiting this year that everybody says IU needs this? It's a point Shooting. guard. Oh well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I guess I mean, you got Leo. Guard depth, yeah. You yeah. got you got Leo for shooting. But still, I mean, you could use another shooter. You can always use another shooter. <laughs> That's to, to, and hopefully they can pass and do some other things as well. Yeah. You know? To to try to calm things down a little bit, though, you had four guards that you expected to play better, and if you bring oh, in a sure. fifth, now you got now you got you know stuff for the year going forward. You know, it's it's a fine handle when you're trying to recruit, and you know you get five guards, and then you're trying to recruit a good guard, and he looks at guards. Every guard's coming back or whatever. Well, if you don't oh, do what it takes to win this year, nothing's going to matter about yeah, looking toward I mean, the future. No, I, no, I get that, but but you couldn't have planned ahead for all four guards playing below. I, I think Armand Franklin is playing above what we expected, but the other three guards are playing below. You're really not going to plan for that to some. That's just trying to find here's an what I opposing say. side there a yeah. little bit. But I, I, I do agree. No, here's what I will say about the development of guards in this program: If you're Christian Lander and you're watching this, why on earth would you come play here? They're not getting better. They're just not. I mean, other than I want to go play for Indiana. See, and yet, and yet, you know what's interesting about that though? You look at Archie's history. He really developed Scoochie Smith, and he had McKinley Wright, who's a great guard, committed to come play for him. He can identify guards. He clearly can coach them in the past, but it has not happened at Indiana. No, it has not happened here. So okay, so and, what's and like, what's I the love... difference? You got a couple of upperclassmen guards who aren't buying in. Sure, maybe, and, and that ultimately rests with a, Archie. But you've but also had two coach, and a half years with him. As a coach, you're supposed to get her to buy in, though. I mean, I know that sometimes there are hard cases who will never buy in. I, I get that. I understand that. But if that's the case, those guys need to be gone. And and if they're if they won't play the way you want them to play and you can't translate that or whatever, they should be on the bench. They shouldn't be playing. Again, Agreed. play a play a walk on. Like those guys are would love to play right now. Are you kidding me? And, and okay, but but you got the pressure of in all your 11 and two and Indiana nation wants to win everything. Right. So feel the pressure of winning and you're going to pull the Bob Knight thing that, cause we all want them to uh, easier said than done. I, I agree. It's, it, but I'm saying, you know, you're looking at this team right now and quite frankly, did not deserve to win the Notre Dame game. Should have lost their last. Three oh, games. that's bunk. They deserve to win the game. They no, made the plays at the I'm end. Saying, don't that's, they didn't play well enough. To, I don't they think they played they, well I, enough to win. They did. They just had a bad right. spurt, but they played well enough to win the game. That's they gave up a 17. Yeah, but they came back. Lead. All right. This this right, this segment's going off the rails. They fine, deserve to win fine. the game. They won it. OK, they played fine. poorly. But they they won. Won. How about this? They won the Notre Dame game by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, right? but they still deserve to okay. win it. So let's not. So you look at the last the last three games against legit teams. Notre Dame blew a huge lead and barely won it. And and only because they did good work in the first half. Yeah. Absolutely fell apart against uh against Arkansas. Absolutely fell apart against Wisconsin. Or I mean uh Maryland. Yeah, it's been a You're theme. At, yeah. And it's it, it, at some point you got to do something dramatic. You yes. can't just say we're eleven and two or eleven and three. Hey, we still feel good about it. We're eleven and three. No, you are playing horribly and you need something to change. All right, last thing I want to say on this, Christian Lander, if you're watching this show, which 
a lot of high school students watch the assembly call mid-afternoon Saturday after a bad Indiana loss. Just know time has proven Ryan wrong about everything. So it, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't right. listen to him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He doesn't mm-hmm. know what he's talking about. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up, as we continue our breakdown uh, of Indiana's loss to Maryland, I will point out today's meaningful moments that you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this game. You are listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Christian. That guy could shoot. <laughs> You're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's bad loss on the road at Maryland earlier this afternoon. It is time now for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And I've got a few of them, guys. And I want to start with one coach that really kind of illustrates what you've been talking about. And it goes back to the first half when they went inside the huddle and Archie was imploring his guys to push the ball. And I listened to his pregame discussion with Fish. And the thing he talked about the most was tempo. We've got to play with tempo. We've got to push the ball. Like I was really, that's really one of the things that I wanted to come out and watch today because clearly it was a focus. We saw him there telling the guys to do it, and then we really didn't do it. Outside of a few possessions where I thought Devontae tried to do it, we just didn't do it. And so, you know, one of the and, and this is something that that you talked about, which is, you know, it's one thing for a coach to know the game, know what his team needs to do, but that doesn't mean anything. Like the most important thing for coaches to get the players to do what they need to do. So why is that not happening? Like, is this players that don't trust the coaches, players that have so little confidence, the thought of actually pushing the tempo was terrifying to them? I mean, I I don't really think it was something Maryland was doing. This seemed more self-inflicted to me. But, you know, I just, I just wonder if the answer to this question is a microcosm of the bigger issue facing this team, which is, you know, the coach seems to know what they need to do. He tells us every postgame, but they're not going out and doing it. And it seems like sometimes direct orders are being ignored. And that's a concern, a big concern. You know, so one, you go back to your fantasy comment. I think in order to have good transition offense, you need to have fantasy out there for 32 minutes, being the Rob fantasy that we know. And that's just not happening. Al Durham is a nice backup point guard. So you're asking a nice backup point guard to be in charge of transition offense. And Al has done that nice sometimes. And and today he got to the – you know, sometimes he comes down and takes bad shots in transition, but at least he's pushing it in transition. Uh, guard play is is unique. When you have good guards, it is so much uh, easier to coach basketball than when you have guards that you're trying to make uh, to be good guards. Uh, Decision-making in the game of basketball is easy for us to pick apart when we're on, on our sofas and our recliners. It's hard when there's hands and pressure um, and everything. And sometimes uh, a transition team takes a while to get going, um, I, I know we struggle with that at the high school level, the same thing. Uh, you got to keep a consistent message. You got to keep a con- consistent teaching uh, of it. And, and then eventually you got to make personnel decisions if it, if it doesn't get done. And, and again, that's where I'm, I'm at right now is the message I think is, is okay to some extent. Uh, there's got to be better offense, obviously, but um, the message isn't being listened to. And that's either 
a bad message or that's either players um, not trying to put it into play. And, and sometimes that's just ability. Uh, you can tell people to run and see and feed the post, and if someone's not confident, they're going to end up playing it safe. And so I think, um, you know, the confidence of, of the team obviously is The net disconnect is a problem too. Yeah, and, and there's a disconnect right now between uh, the, the junior guard and the senior guard and the head coach. And, and that's just I, that's just the evaluation that I get. You could put the blame where you want. I think the blame goes everywhere um, right now. But without the, the two starting guards and the head coach doing what needs to be done, uh, this team's going to struggle offensively. So, Ryan, I want to go back to something that you talked about in the first half. Well, really, I guess it's been the theme of the show, which is just the poor, you know, offensive coaching, plan, execution, all of it. You know, and there are two plays for me that stand out. One is from late in the game. We were already down by 20, uh, six and a half minutes to go. But they cleared the ball out on the left wing for Devontae and Trace. And they ran that little side pick and roll. And it was great. You know, and to me, you've got to do that more. Put the ball in Devontae's hands. He's good in the pick and roll. Get Trace on the move. We've seen this at times, and it has yep. worked. And yeah, you can't do it every possession. But, you know, one thing I was thinking as I'm watching us play today, you know, with guys out there, we just don't have a lot of offensive players that put pressure on the defense. No. Nope. You know, we have too many guys that they get the ball and they're looking to make the next pass. There's no pressure. Yep. The two guys who do do it are Devontae and Trace. So let's see that more. So that's, and that's a lot put, of times the, okay, the problem is. The problem is a lot of times they put Devontae in a pick and roll action. And he just pulls up from three. He doesn't wait for the pass to develop. And he's a really bad interior passer, quite frankly. He tries to throw hard bounce passes right at guys' feet. And, you know, I mean, but that's, you know, because he'll Still be doing a better it tra- option than most of the I, other I, ones. I, well, he'll be doing it in traffic as opposed yeah. to, look, if you have a guy like Grace Thompson, go over the top of the defense. Don't throw it in his legs. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a basic. You know that guy is so athletic and so he can go. You're just calling everybody Race Thompson now, even Trace Jackson Davis. Oh, sorry, Trace Jackson Davis. <laughs> I was just typing something about race in the chat. Um, so no, but you, you need to go over the top of the defense when you have a guy like Trace Jackson Davis who can go up and get the ball. Go over the top of the defense. I mean, I get it. Maryland's big, but in other games, this has been you know he'll roll to the basket and he'll just try and throw a crazy hard bounce pass right at the floor because it looks better. You know, it's not about what's the smart, safe play. It's about what looks better. It's like pulling up off a jumper off, you know, off the pick and roll. It's the smarter play. Throw it to the roll man or the pop guy if there's a pop guy and yeah. and not just pull up with, you know, potentially two guys guarding you, but just off to the side or something because you're you're working your role. But no, you're right. They cleared out a side and they ran a pick and roll with your best two offensive threats. Holy crap. You scored a basket, you know, I mean, it's, 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 there's stuff that you can do here. There really is. And it's, it's not that complicated. Basketball is not super difficult. You put the ball in the hands of your best player. You're going to succeed more than you're going to fail. And, and today, Indiana, I mean, the last couple games, Indiana hasn't done it enough. The second half against Arkansas, Trace Jackson Davis never got the ball. I mean, how are you going to win when your best player is not touching the ball in a place where he can help you? He's touching it 20 feet from the basket. That doesn't help you. You yeah. know, he's not a he's not a shooter. He needs to get the ball in the post or catch it on his way to the hoop. Those are the ways that he succeeds. And you know, other than that, you're relying on him to get offensive rebounds and and fight and 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 cloth to get the ball. It's you're not going to win that way. You're just not I mean, you're again, not putting your team in a position to succeed. That is what has been going on with this coaching staff over the last couple of weeks. They're not putting this team in a position to succeed. And yeah. yeah, it's on the players for not executing the plan. It's on the players for, you know, taking bad shots and turning the ball over and things like that. But at some point, 
the basic fundamental here is that they're not being put in a position to succeed. And it look, if you tell Devontae, hey, don't pull up on a three and shoot. Wait till you get a catch and shoot opportunity. And he keeps shooting. I don't care how thin you are at the guard. Get him out of the game. If, if you know, Al Durham. Yeah, if Al Durham isn't guarding on the perimeter the way you want him to and he's getting too far up the court and getting beat, take him out and put somebody else in. I, I Again, it's I realize you are thin at guard. I get it. We all know it. We knew it months ago that this is going to be a problem and that this will potentially be a problem. I mean, send a message by putting a walk-on out there. We've said it several times now. If your team isn't going to compete and your team isn't going to translate your message onto the floor, get somebody who will. I don't care how bad they are. At least they'll be doing what you want them to do on the floor. And you're sending the message to somebody that, hey, you want to play? You do what I tell you to do. That's the way you use the bench as a weapon. And again, it's just it's disheartening to see that Guys are essentially screwing up consistently and, and there's no, you know, there, there's no punishment. There's no nothing because we're, we're of guard depth. It's not even that this is going to be a subtle difference. So forgive me for this because it may seem pedantic, but I don't even I don't think of it as the bench as the weapon. One of my favorite quotes is Tom Izzo. And I, I believe the quote was discipline is love. And that's how he coaches yeah. his team. And so you're actually doing the guy a favor in the long term by making your message clear when you use it. So it's and not quite, even as much as of a weapon as it is, you know, something to help. So how often do you see a guy come in off the bench and play his best basketball right after coming off the bench? Because he sat, he's watched the game, he's felt the rhythms of the game, and he's thought, you know, oh, there's an opening here. I can do something here. This is oh, I see where we're messing up. We're doing this, you know, whatever it is. You see the game from a different perspective when you're on that bench, if you're paying attention. Who knows if they're paying attention? But if you're paying attention on the bench, you can see gaps in the defense. You can see gaps in your own defense. You can see gaps where uh, an offensive player could fill a lane or something like that. And and, and that's why they always talk about the guys who are a spark off the bench. It's because it's not because they're not sometimes like a guy like Lou Williams in the NBA. It's not that he's not good enough to start. It's that he takes in that first few minutes of the game and when the, everybody else is kind of settled into the game and relaxing a little bit, he comes in full bore and knows where to attack the opposing defense. It, it, there's a reason for that. He pays attention on the bench and focuses and sees where the gaps are. Somebody on this team needs to be that. Somebody needs to be just you know a spark plug because there just isn't one. And I think it's on the coaches to figure out who that is and figure out who should have the ball in their hands because right now it feels like everybody gives you about the same thing on offense other than Trace. Okay, but, but here's the other point to this. And Coach, I want to get your feedback on this. And the play I'll use to illustrate this, there was about 18.45 left in the second half, and they ran a set play. And this is before Indiana kind of made their run. They were still down by nine. And you know Justin Smith drove in. I think it was a little uh, pick and roll with Trace Jackson Davis. Was tra- Trace was rolling, and there was nothing there. But it was the primary option. And so Justin had tunnel vision and just threw a bounce pass to Trace that went nowhere. Because Trace couldn't get there, but it's like he was so committed to running this set play and looking for the primary option and so mechanical that he was going to make the pass no matter what and had zero recognition of what was actually happening on the court. And, and, and Coach, this is something I've seen from us at times. It looks like we're playing so mechanical, like there's no flow. And in basketball, you know, you've got to have a system and you've got to have things that you're trying to do, but you cannot succeed in basketball without the ability to improvise as well and just make plays. And so... You know, I also wonder, you know, you see that at the end, at the very end of the game. And and we all agree, like the numbers that were put up there at the end of the game, total garbage. 
But you know what was happening? Some shots were falling because guys were kind of playing free and, you know, just kind of out there relaxed a little bit. Do we at time coach and, and, you know, kind of the thought I had is on offense at times we're overcoached and poorly coached. Because it's like the players are so mechanical. They're not playing free. We've seen these guys make shots and make basketball plays. But then there are long stretches where we don't see it. And it's almost like every movement is too scripted. But then it's also not working. So, And that has to be something that frustrates you and would cause any basketball player to lose some enthusiasm and lose some confidence. And so I'm curious, A, if you have the same observation. And B, what do you do about it? Um, I, I think you're spot on. Um, th- there's two things that you mentioned that I think from a, a coaching standpoint you got to be careful of. One's a player. Let's, let's address the player issue. Uh, Indiana's guards play too casual. Um, they, they, you know, those drives to the lane and the little dump off passes in traffic, they're not tight with their fundamentals. Um, and, and, and that's on the players. That's also maybe on the coaches, you know, we're not in practice. We mention that all the time, but, uh, you gotta be tighter with your fundamentals. Uh, the over the head passes against Arkansas by Devante, the dribbles by, uh, Armand too, too casual to run anything. Um, and that, that's that's tough to deal with. I do start to wonder if um, we're our own worst enemy. Everyone knows we can't shoot the three. It's in the media. It's talked about all the time in the press conference. You got to go inside. You got to go inside. You got to go inside. So players are thinking about the game plan instead of reacting and playing. Um, I do think that's an issue. Um, you can have a strength and want to go to it, and we all want to go inside, and there has to be new ways to go inside. Uh, but you could almost do that to a fault where you got to play the game freed up mentality. Um, and, and you do your coaching and practice and then let you let the players go. Uh, Magic Johnson, I think had the most turnovers in the NBA at one point, but he also led, you know, had the assist record. You, 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 you gotta be able to play through some mistakes and as a coach, and, and I get the fact that the bench is a motivator and I'm ready for some changes too, but you can't coach angry. When you coach angry and every mistake is a sub, is a sub, is a sub, is a sub, that then also demoralizes players too. So you've got to sub judiciously uh, to hold people accountable uh, and coaches can get caught up either subbing too much and coaching angry or not trying to win the game and, and hoping that the bad play will rectify itself on its own. I think right now Indiana's in a whole mess of all of that. Um, I, mean, and coach, I mean, you highlight uh, the difficulty right there, the nuance of it, but that's what the best coaches do is they absolutely. understand the timing of when to do that. And everything absolutely. that we've just said, because the other thing that you brought up, and I didn't mention this, is fundamentally we are very poor as a ball handling team, as a passing team. And so that's the issue. We do play loose at times when you don't want to play loose. And because our fundamentals are poor, you know, that that hurts that ability to just go out and improvise and make plays against big time teams. Obviously, we could do it you know, the first seven games. And that's why we mentioned a couple times on the post-game show, some of that off the offensive numbers we were putting up, there was some fool's gold in there because it wasn't probably going to translate to some of these games. And that's what we've seen. And it, it goes know, back look. to roster construction. I'm not a big fan of the big lineup, but when Joey Brunk and Trace Jackson Davis are your best players, how can you not put them in the lineup? Yeah. But then you got, you really got a four play in the three who, who, who's not a good passer. Who's not a good shooter who yeah. has no room to operate now uh, where he's Justin strong. Smith was, he was um, terrible today. He yeah, really yeah he had like events. a two-minute two minute stretch where he was really good, where he drove in and, and was aggressive. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it's just not a lineup that can score. Um, I, I think that needs to be addressed too, and it's hard to – who are you going to take out, Joey or Trace, to, if you go to a small lineup and you got more of the players who are playing poorly playing in the small lineup. But yep. um, it's just it's – a, it's a congested mess right now offensively. 
uh, and, and that needs to be that needs to be fixed out. But the players are too and thus casual. it comes back to it, it has to it, you have it, to shoot. Shooting, you have to shoot. Um, maybe that's part of the reason we're not shooting well. They made shots at the end when they were playing a little bit freer. Maybe we need to run some plays to free a guy up for a shot instead of running everything to get guys the ball down low. Free Al up for a shot, you know? I don't you know. know, sometimes you got to do yeah, things offense, like let's, that to get players just, going. Instead of getting micro like that, let's back up. The offense is a mess. Well, I know, but we're just trying to figure out some of the I mean, specifics. I understand, but like I'm saying, no, I, I understand what you're doing. I'm just saying that like when you back up in a macro sense, it's, the offense, we're in year three and the offense is still a mess. It's somebody needs to change something. Like it's just, you know, an Archie making cosmetic changes that no, we're long past that. Some uh, another coach needs to be brought in who can run an offense and just back off and make him your, you know, the, the basketball version of an offensive cord like beeline did with Yaklich. I mean, yes, it, it, you need to bring somebody in that can run an offense and making cosmetic small changes, bring in a support staff member who is a specialized who specializes in shooting. Like it's it's not hard to figure these things out. You, you just have to do it. And, and maybe it's insulting to, you know, Archie as a coach to, to you know, say like, oh, no, I can run my own offense or something. I know coaches are very possessive about that stuff, but here's what it comes down to, Archie. Do you like your job? Then you need to make changes and you need to open things up and you need to change the way you're thinking because we're in year three of really bad offense, really bad offense and, 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 and everything getting bogged down in the middle and no shooting and no balance and, and, and all of that. After three years, you like if you're not succeeding, haven't been in the tournament two years, and and this could be year three. The way that they're playing right now, I'm not confident they're going to make the tournament. I'm this sorry, is, this they, is not a tournament team right now. This is no, a team no, that can beat nit teams right now. Absolutely, I mean, that's, that's not what our that's actually what our resume is. Yeah, and so if you, again missing the tournament this year, if do you like your job, then you need to make changes. You that's essentially what it is. If you don't, then go somewhere else, please. I, I, you know, we don't want you to be here if you don't want to. If you're not happy, okay. I well. know he is. I no, no. Listen, I, let me finish. All right. I know he wants to be here, and I know he likes his job, and I know all of that stuff. Prove it by showing that your job is more important than, you know, control over the offense or control over this or or, or running things the way I want to run them. Expand your mind and make it work. Because we want it to work. Obviously, we don't want to go out and go through this again with another coach where you got to restart everything. You know, I mean, it's the thought I, of I that know. is exhausting. It is. It is. We've done that enough at Indiana. It, it's it's time to find the right guy. And I want Archie Miller to be the right guy. I like the way he coaches defense. Do not like the offense. And, and it's it's clear that it doesn't work. Whatever he is running and, and doing does not work. We've got three seasons of evidence now. So it's time to change things up and figure things out. So it's a good point. You know, like that again, if you love your job, you're willing to do what it takes to keep it. Do what it takes to keep this job, Archie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we are 43 minutes into this show. Uh, this yeah, this is one usually... kind of blew up the format. I'm sorry. We're <laughs> no, just no, no. Going. That's what I was going to say. Do we even really care about stats? Like the only, no. th this doesn't feel like a stats game where it, where it, you know, means anything. The only stat that I do want to mention, and then you guys can mention whatever you want if you want to, and, and it is a positive. The one thing this team does well consistently is they rebound. They rebound tough. They are really active. They are focused on the glass. Now, 
Today, they let some long rebounds go. And even though long rebounds are a little bit difficult, some of those were basically just like, I mean, I don't know, just it was like three guys just kind of looking at the ball as it went through. But Indiana with 15 offensive rebounds, um, what was the overall rebounding margin? Um, then we out-rebounded them by six. So, I mean, the rebounding was good enough today to win. That's about the only part of the game that was good enough to win. So I just wanted to at least point that out. That is one thing this team can hang their hat on that they do. I mean, if you asked what is the identity of this team, rebounding. That is what this team does game in, game out, that they do every single game. Now, they, a lot of other stuff has to happen, but this team can at least rebound. There's there's my positive. Um, I, I don't uh, have one, any other numbers. Stat, I don't really here, care about the other number. numbers, but what do you have? Um, hold on. i got to go back to the split. But I'm a little you know frazzled because I've been ranting. Uh, points in the paint. Maryland 34, Indiana 22. That is not a recipe to win for Indiana. See, and that's when what our identity is supposed to be. And when 22 of your 50, if your 59 points come in the paint, uh, Maryland whipped them in the paint today. It wasn't even close. And and you're right, they rebound, but it they don't dominate. They didn't dominate the paint today as as they should have. So, uh, look, they held Maryland to 38% shooting and 25% three point shooting, and easily this was a winnable game they did give up they, they you know they fouled a bunch in the second half when they were behind in that stretch and maryland went 21 to 25 from the free throw line. that's what caused the huge real run out and the difference and that's what gave maryland 75 points but in the flow of the game without the fouling they were actually playing fine defense the problem is can't score you know i mean they had they had 20 points in the first half for much of the second half they were sitting at like 41 you know, that's it's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Coach, what numbers are you looking at? Uh, third loss. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. look at all the numbers. I know. You, we can look at all the, the numbers you want. Nothing I, today. I, I, in, I will say, and, and I'm not being critical I'm not being critical of Ryan here. It's hard as a coach, you know, and you get the chat mom, everyone's mad. It's always the coach, always the coach, always the coach. And this one I think there's a lot that the coach needs to look at uh, and reflect because the pattern more the reason that Archie needs to look at stuff is it's because the pattern of the runs, giving yep. up runs and the offensive it's droughts. Uncanny. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's at a point where it needs to be fixed and responsibility needs to go to Coach Miller now. And I'm I'm his biggest fan, but man, we got fans at our games yelling, "Get it inside, get it inside!" And the guy's shooting 22 percent from the post. You know, as a coach, you sit back and you're like, "Man, come on, we're watching film. We we want to win. We're trying to do this, and it might be wrong what we're trying to do, but." We're not teaching the guy, uh, you know, the, the post player when we're up three to take a three-pointer in a close game. Well, yank um, him out and get a walk-on in there, Tonsoni. Yeah, Come on. Seriously. <laughs> get the get manager's the- <laughs> uniform. Uh, so so I, I, I try to be honest in my evaluation, but I am totally a coach. And I, I the criticism you get as a coach is just it's it's tough and you, you don't listen to it. In my program, we don't listen to it at all. We don't get on social media at all. Uh, now, as a, as a as a host of the show, and, and seeing everyone saying "fire Archie Miller" hashtag Archie Miller Archie Miller, and I see Jay Wright down eighteen at Marquette in the first half, um, and, and I know Jay Wright's got a lot more leash. Um, not <laughs> That's trying to make Archie Archie doesn't have a skin on the wall at IU yet. To like no, no, I know, but clunkers. Clunkers happen, but there's been five clunkers in a row offensively. And and so that's where Archie does need to take. And here's the thing, guys. I was really high on Archie because I saw a toughness that we didn't have under the Mm -hmm. previous administration. I saw a guy who wanted to come in and play defense at times, but it's not near enough, Ryan, right now, to be totally honest in year three. Um, 
the messaging is not getting across. We can talk X's and O's and where to get Trace Jackson Davis the point, but Archie ran good offense at Dayton. It is the messaging at Indiana that is not being um, adhered to by the players that's not getting across. So Archie needs to change that up, whether that's the bench, whether that is plays, whether that's personnel. The messaging is not getting done, and I know people are all upset about when you say Crean's recruits, but the upperclassmen are not listening to Archie. Our better players are the people that Archie brought in. I think that has to be honest and fair. Um, to be honest, the players who are playing the hardest right now and the best are people that he has brought in. That doesn't excuse him. It's still his ship. It still needs to be done. Um, and, and the play reflects leadership. And right now the play is poor and the leadership is poor. Drop the mic. Time to watch the rest of basketball. <laughs> but we do have one segment left, so don't leave yeah. yet, Coach. Oh, I'll stay. <laughs> you can take off, Coach. We'll, we'll clean up. Yeah, it's- yeah. we got to do Game Balls, another segment that's going to go over real well for this show. We don't have to do that. <laughs> no. No, there is a Game Ball today. No, yeah. I think I think there's a Game Ball, too. So here we go. Okay, coming up on the Assembly Call, we're going to hand out our Game Balls or maybe debate whether we should have one. Uh, then we'll hit any other lingering storylines from this show. Look ahead to what's next uh, for Indiana on the schedule. Then it'll be time for Last Call. That's coming up next on the assembly call stick with us this is jordan halls and i never miss a shot or an episode of the assembly call Thank you, Jordan. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure that you sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. All right, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Breaking down Indiana's uh, 16-point loss today to Maryland, uh, and now it is the usual time in the show when we hand out our game balls. Uh, Ryan, I think, is going to protest that we even should have a game ball. There are some performances, some games I think we shouldn't um, because it just doesn't warrant it. I do, in this game, feel like one guy does deserve it. Um, I know what you're going to say. We'll see. we'll see what you guys think. Uh, Coach, why don't you go first? Uh, Joey Brunk. Yeah, I, I agree, Joey Brunk. Um, Joey Brunk started off rebounding really well. Uh, Joey Brunk's the, the one who's encouraging players on the bench. Joey Brunk's the one when you're down 20 who's still up encouraging his teammates. Uh, Joey Brunk was brought in for a reason, and I know we're all upset with Archie Miller, so am I, but I think Archie knew that, and he was frustrated with last year's team, and he had some leftovers this year. Um, that's my only hope is that some of that messaging will be fixed when, when – uh, more of his players are in. I, I know that's an excuse, and I don't like it either because you got to win now. Um, but Joey Brunk, to me, uh, despite his high hedge problems and not getting back, which are frustrating, um, I like the way he fights. And, and, and I was down on him uh, at the Connecticut game and that stretch. But I think Joey Brunk almost getting a double-double uh, was the one guy who brought it today and brought it consistently. Georgia beat Memphis today. The Miller yeah, family should stay great. <laughs> Um, okay, number one, Ryan, you do not get the game ball for ranting, as you just put here somebody, in the chat. Hey, I didn't However, that. Somebody, somebody in the, uh, in I'm the, going, in the I'm chat going, suggested that. I'm going with Carrie in the chat, who said, prove that you never miss an episode. Prove it. I think well, he was, was talking She was to talking about Jordan Holes. She was talking about Jordan Holes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I never miss an episode. And somebody said, is, is Jordan here? 
And <sighs> so. we, get, we need another shooter like Jordan. Someone else who can mm-hmm. make shots. Ryan, are you going to hand out a game ball or do you want to just put in a vote of protest for today? Uh, I just, it's hard for me today. I, Joey, I guess if you're going to give one out, earns it. Um, you know, the funny thing, we, we were talking about numbers and we kind of mentioned it in the, in the, in our little chat we have going on here, but if you look at the plus minus numbers, they are horrific today for oh, some God. of these guys. Uh, Devonte Green somehow was only a minus one. That's the end of the game. It's he was on the, the floor the at the end of the game. Yeah. That's why. Thus, but, what's uh, wrong with plus minus? Yeah, Ray Thompson plus eight, Demisi Anderson plus ten, Deron Davis plus three. Uh, other than that, everybody was in a minus. Justin Smith was a minus twenty-eight. Hey, okay, so <laughs> that is whew. okay. So so Joey gets the game ball for today. A half-hearted yeah, give, game I'll, ball. If we yeah, give like, like a half game ball, it would probably be a half. Oh game no, ball. half game ball. I know, I know. It don't <laughs> bounce. Was, we don't Joey do that. Was minus fifteen on the afternoon. Okay, but yes, but that was actually in comparison to some of the other starters. That was actually that was good. Pretty good. So, that now, was pretty good. Okay, showing. I do want to say one thing. There was one other little teeny tiny positive they saw from this because again, if you yep. go back to the off season and think about the things that we talked about for why we were optimistic. One of those things was the impact that Deron Davis as a senior could have on this team. Theoretically, in you know, 10, 12 minutes a game as a guy that with proven I mean, he has been proven to improve this offense when he's on the court the last couple of years. The numbers show it, the eye test shows it. He just hasn't been able to stay on the court very much. But offensively, he's been productive. This year, he's been almost a total zero. Every number is down. Sometimes it feels like he can't even move, uh, you know, and that his body has just failed him and his conditioning and maybe his work ethic, too. You know, who knows? All those things probably contribute to it. But him at least showing a pulse today, I thought was important because, again, you know, you got there's a whole laundry list of things that have to get better. I still think that, you know, for this team to be an NCAA tournament team, you got to be able to get eight to 10 minutes from Duran, eight to 10 competent minutes. Today, he scored six points. One of them was a banked in free throw. You know, okay, hey, but man. He, he got to the line four hey, times. Don't let don't let them shame you, Duran. You get that ball in there any but, way you know how. You know, and uh, he was getting the ball in position to score. He had a block and a steal. Like he he can't jump still, but he at least looked more active and looked more engaged today. So I know you got to squint real hard to find something positive from this. But if that is a sign of something going forward, then it's possible we could look back on this and say, hey, that was at least an important turning point for Duran. You know, because now he's back, at least giving us eight to ten good minutes. Um, that's it. That's that's really the only other thing from this game that kind of jumped out at me that I hadn't mentioned um, already. Anything else from you guys on any other storylines? I mean, no. I mean, we, we look, could rant I, I, more, but I did, you know, do we have anything uh, new? And, no, I, I agree with you that uh, I thought Duran moved well today. We didn't really get a chance to to talk about him, but I thought that he just from a movement standpoint, he looked like he was moving his feet better, uh, more active. Um, you know, he got lost. Somebody mentioned that he got lost defensively a few times. Well, yeah. Cause he's a big slower guy who's having to guard out on the floor. Sometimes that's going to happen. Um, no, he, I didn't think he got lost any more than Joey Bronk did at times today, you know, when they have to go out and help on those, on those, uh, high screens there. Um, but no, it, it, look from, uh, uh, the standpoint of, just wanting a kid to succeed. It was nice to see Duran on the floor moving better and, and looking like he belonged on the court. He played 17 minutes. Yeah. So. Like, like he didn't play well today. Don't get me wrong. No, like no, literally no. the point I'm making is he showed a pulse. Like he showed it a little bit better. of engagement and it looked better. So it's gotta be a stepping stone to something more. 
It was but, also like, you know, for the first time in a while, you saw Duran sort of not have a scowl on his face when he banked in that free throw. He smiled and he kind of interacted with the, you know, with the other guys. They're joking around like we haven't seen that on the floor in a while. And he's he's a guy who's like that. He's a little more, you know, has has a personality. And, and it was nice to see him kind of just feel like he was in the flow of the game, be relaxed and not like, you know slump his shoulders when he banked in a free throw, but joke about it and stuff. I mean, if you're looking for a positive from the game, I, I guess I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, look, Bryce says, if our positives are Duran's performance today, we are in deep blank. Yeah, yeah of course. I, I think we are. Like, I don't disagree with that at all. I think there's real problems that as you were winning games, you know, you could you could identify the problems, but there were still some other positives kind of counterbalancing them. Now we're really starting to see some of those things pile up, and it's... And I have a issue, question things that you. have been issues aren't getting better. So, yeah, we got problems. I, I want to mention one last thing. We've seen the last two games. Do you think, I mean, obviously it was a positive because Indiana won the game, but I mentioned this in our in our group, Texas. I think Armand Franklin hitting all those threes against Notre Dame and, and being a good offensive performer in that game may have set him back because I, I think he's overdoing it now. I think he's trying. He's He's just, he's in the scorer's mindset right now. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but as a freshman, that can set you back because you start playing away from your comfort zone and you start doing too much. And he had th- he led the team with three turnovers today. You know, one of them was he dribbled off his foot. It was a live ball turnover that bounced right into the hands of a Maryland guy who ran it. Or he had to run out in an easy bucket. He he shot three threes. One of them was a good one. One of them was when he was wide open, but his form was completely off. Uh, he went one of six from the field. He was driving in and trying to like, you know, throw floaters and things like that. I just I, okay, that, I get what you're saying with this, but and I'm not I'm not blaming him. I'm saying that it's it's I can yeah, do this, I can do this, I can do this. It's the and kind it, of get, thing that you know, whatever hindsight told us is the narrative that you could say about that. Because if he had drawn confidence from that, like I I don't think his shot selection has been that bad since then. He's gotten some open looks and you want him taking them, but he hasn't made them. It's just basically all of his shot makes clustered in one game, and thank God they yeah. did because we won the game. But he's just not a very good shooter right now. So yeah, you could I'm also say he should have gained theoretically confidence from that. But I don't know. I haven't had that big of a problem with the shooting. I think his defense has actually taken a little bit of a yeah. step back, which it's is true. Kind of, I, I almost um, feel like it's a sprinter. It's a sprinter who got too far ahead of his legs. Almost, you know, or one of those things. It feels like he's yeah. stumbling now. That that's just how it feels. Like it was almost like. Had this big eruption, and you're right. It could. You're right. The narrative could have been, oh well, he built confidence from that and started to chip away. But it almost felt like, like it's, it 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 turned to a play. And I think combined also with the team's offensive struggles, it feels like, well, I can score, you know. And and it feels like instead of playing within the system, he's trying to find ways to. I feel like not, all of his shots. Not that we know what the, the system though. is. I, I, I thought every. I thought most of his shots were good shots, open yeah. shots. I don't think he took a contested three. I don't think he took one like in the first five seconds of a shot clock, like Jerome Hunter did when he got in. Um, (laughs) That guy's a shot hunter, man. (laughs) I think um, Jerome just needs to make one, man, and he knows it. And that goes that goes back that goes back to the problem with a heavy post uh, presence with IU. You're gonna need people to shoot threes, and when you're open and you play college basketball, you got to shoot them. um, uh, Unless you're a post player, but I, I I did. The turnovers bothered me more, and if I could see where you're saying he was too confident and too loose and too he that, was too that casual. I do agree. He was with too casual. Too. Maybe his confidence got him a little too casual with his handle, but he's got to take those shots um, because you know th- I thought he took better shots uh, than Devonte took, um, and Devonte hit a couple, and and Armand um, 
You know, I, I, I you got to take shots. I mean, we're scoring 60 points, 58 points against cleanup guys. Uh, if you're open and you're a guard, you're going to have to shoot them. It's a lot better than ball. taking not open threes, which Al and Devontae do sometimes. Yeah. You know, there was a, a, a while there at the start of the second half where our best offense was the long, deep two-pointer. Never a good day when your most consistent source of offense is deep two-point shots. You're just not going to be very efficient. And we weren't. Um, all right. So, coming up, Indiana plays Northwestern. Fair to call that a must-win game at yes. home? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know our buddy Zach McCright has the flow chart where, you know, it's like, is it a must-win game? It's like, does the season end if you lose? Then no, it's not a must-win game. Um, and I get his point. Boy, it. I mean, if any like regular season January game is going to be must win, it's this one. Home. This is the theoretically easiest Big Ten game left on your schedule, and you don't get a return trip to Northwestern. You better come out hair on fire, win this. Feels like a lot of the same things we were saying before the Nebraska game last year. Not to you know worry anybody, but I mean, all jokes aside, Indiana has got to come out, play well, and win that game. No question about it. We, of course, will be here on the post-game show, unless they lose and the world, you know, detonates, and then maybe not. But no, we'll be here on the post-game show. Um, it, Coach, you want to offer any any words about Northwestern here? I don't think anybody really cares because they were just mired in disappointment about today's game. But They're not good. <laughs> okay. There we go. They got problems. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> They're not good. Okay. Well. <sighs> okay. And Marcus um, Howard is. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we'll have Assembly Call Radio on Thursday. So hopefully it's a win on Wednesday, and then we can spend several hours after it uh, talking about it and, you know, at least hopefully feeling good about ourselves. Because uh, the last two games, we have not been. These post-game shows, I recognize, have not been very uplifting post-game shows. And, you know, we don't like that. We want to try and be – we're always supportive here, but we try to be positive when we can. But I – kind of feel like the tones of the shows have kind of hit exactly where I've been. So that's also the main part of the show is to be cathartic after a game, especially when they lose. So today was a day for ranting and uh, we did that. Okay. Uh, you guys are listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. Remember that because you're an assembly call listener, you get 20% off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com. promo code assembly two zero. If you want a great deal on the most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you will find anywhere, Go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order. All right, last call. Time for some final thoughts on this Indiana loss. Coach, why don't you go first? Uh, as frustrated as everyone is, and and rightfully so, um, we've ranted enough. I'm going to give a couple nuggets of, of positive. Um, Indiana is 11-3. and three. Uh, Their strength of schedule in the net is still acceptable uh, for a tournament team. This was a quad one loss, so it's not bad after you get over the next couple of days. And Indiana is still above 500 in quad one and quad two losses, which teams like Illinois and Wisconsin are not, and that's a big part of the selection. Uh, uh, so it could be worse. Um, we could be fans of another school that we don't like that are up north, um, and that, that's just bad, period. So um, it's ugly. It, it's not good. The messaging needs to get better. But Indiana's still on the bubble. Um, and to be honest and not try to be funny, there have been really good stretches of play, just not near enough to play completely. And good stretches of play when no one other than maybe two players are really playing well at a time. 
Um, you know, Florida State's up um, on on Louisville uh, at Louisville, and, and Indiana pl- needs to get back to playing that level. So there's been some time when Indiana showed they have played better. Uh, let's just keep hoping. But regardless of how bad it can be, it's still great to wear the candy stripes. Giving up 13-point football leads, 38-3 to run today. Still love being a Hoosier, and always will be, and I'll be proud as heck even – if we stink next game, I hate so, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just you gotta love being a Hoosier, even in tough times. Uh, Bless okay, so, all of you. So we're gonna do something new here uh, before Ryan's uh, final rant. We're gonna do this thing where we read five star reviews uh, that come in. So we got this great review here from Jimmy three one nine six five. Phillips, as usual, running his mouth, repeating himself ad nauseum, interrupting the others time and again. <laughs> SMH, you've made an ass of yourself today. Keep up the great work. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy gets my role in the show. I don't think he understands. That's what I needed of the, the of the persona that gets put out there. I don't. I don't think he gets it. It's, I think he's. I think hey. he's missing the point of the role. My role in the show. <laughs> uh, okay, I needed. I needed that. We love you for who you are, Ryan. We give you. Crap I know you it, do. <laughs> I know you do. And I think most of the viewers and listeners do too. <laughs> Whenever we do polls. Always a fan favorite, baby. Man, that's that's two in Actually, a row. <laughs> T- tool, you were a tool last game, and now you're an ass. Yeah, that was an Arkansas fan. <laughs> and you got Coach T- Mrs. Coach T asking about why everyone doesn't like Ryan. Beloved me. San Diego chicken <laughs> <laughs> Glad I have the edited version of that ready for uh, the post-game shows that are live on we radio. All need, we all needed that little laugh break. I did. Today, I think. I did. Uh, it was today was an embarrassment. It was a flat out embarrassment, and uh, the players should be embarrassed. The coaches should be embarrassed. We talked about it. The coaches, staff. I, it's at the point where it's on them to turn this around. I mean, the players are who they are, and and yeah, they'll improve or you know regress whatever throughout the year, but they generally this team is what it is, and it's on the coaching staff to figure out what the calculus is with this group of guys and figure out how to win and. You know, if you can't do that three years into your job, do you belong here? I mean, that's that's the, like, honestly, if we're seeing the same exact script play out for three years and it's not a good one, um, you know, do you really belong at Indiana and do, and do you belong running this program? So it's on these guys to figure it out and turn it around or else the questions about whether or not they belong here will be legitimate. So yeah, they're 11, they're 11 and three. They're not playing like a team that's a good eleven and three. They're playing like a real bad eleven and three, and and it's time for these these coaches to step up and and figure out what they're doing and figure out where this program where they want to take this program where they want it to go and and fix the obvious gaps that anybody watching this team knows exist and, and that are in my opinion fixable with the right tweaks and the right changes. But you got to be willing to make the changes and you got to be willing to sacrifice certain things to make those changes. So uh, it's on these coaches now. I mean, it's at a point where as fans, we know what the problems are. The coaches know what the problems are. Every, opponents all know what the problems are. Um, it, it's it's on them to change it and fix it. Yeah. Well said. It's a, you know, I don't think we have the answer yet to whether it's, you know, he's the right guy, but it's certainly fair to start asking the question, I think, based on some of these performances and some of the the repeats of what we've seen. So, uh, let me, I wanted to end this with kind of a positive. You guys really summed it up there. So I don't, there's not much I have to say, uh, in terms of last call, but ending it on a positive, um, 
Oh, actually, Jim wanted to give the game ball to Ryan after all that. So half game ball to Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> Be my first, I think. <laughs> um, so Justin said, let's get Mark Titus on as a guest for the show. Did I forward you guys that email from him? He is. Uh, so he's been on the show before on a post game yeah. show. Uh, he, he just honorary, honorary co- co-creator and co-host. We'll just give him that title. Right. Co-host. Who? Oh, who Titus? Yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, again, you know, and this is subject to change if his schedule changes and all that stuff, but he is planning to be on the Saturday, February 1st show when Indiana plays. I think that's the game we play at Ohio state, right? He's going to be on that. I believe show. so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll figure out kind of what the rotation is, who's going to be on that show, but he's going to be on there. He's been on before. Always great. You know, we love Titus. If you, by the way, if you haven't gone and subscribed to their new show, Titus and Tate, because One Shining Podcast isn't on. Um, but if you want to go get their unique, great brand of college basketball discussion, search for Titus and Tate wherever you listen to podcasts. It's back. Um, so definitely listen to that for good college basketball discussion. All right. That's, uh, I'm ending it on a positive. So that's, uh, that's the last thing that I have to say for this one. And that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you Wednesday night after IU Northwestern. Until then. Take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. They got problems. And cut. By the way, our special, our, our player guests, Christian Watford, Jordan Hulls, Yogi Farrell, All guys who could shoot. <laughs> I, miss, I miss their shooting. Hey. Steve Lavin was commenting on Trace Jackson Davis' hair. He said, legit head of lettuce. I, I thought, man, not much you could say about me with lack of lettuce or something, maybe. You chose to do that. You chose to go with the ball. I, do. I look a lot better, man. I, I, was, I was real ugly before, and now I'm just somewhat ugly. You are not ugly, Coach. You are not yeah. ugly. Oh, I ain't pretty. You are not I ain't ugly. pretty. Uh, the date again on Titus, February 1st. I should so probably, a week before we're in Bloomington. Yeah, it's the week before we're in Bloomington. <laughs> double, le, but let me double check that now that I actually said it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Saturday, February first, because it's the game at Ohio State, who apparently is ripe for the picking on the road. So hey, you know, we have to improve by leaps and bounds to be able to do that. But you know, anything's possible. All right. Well, <sighs> well that fun. was a fun one. I didn't think it was going to get there. I thought the way they came out in the second half, I thought, okay, Indiana's going to get beat, but it's going to be yeah. six, seven, eight by the time it hard. ends up. They're and then all of hard. a sudden, man, it just – I forget what the stretch was. Man, in that second half, it just got away. Yeah. It's almost like oh, teams – It was 46-38 and that 50-50 ball mess of like four 50-50 balls and offensive rebounds went crazy, and then it found its way to Cowan, and he hit. Yeah. And it, then that made it eleven, and then the team quit. Yeah, that bo- that's what bothers me the that's most. That's what it felt like because they really came out playing hard. You know, like I was I was having a text discussion with some people about this. You know, and someone said, you know, the thing I can't take is just you know we don't show effort. And you know, the other guys, you know, we're like, well, they're playing hard right now. You know, now they're not executing very well. But then it's like all that just you know, and I just I wonder if some of that is just you know when you lack confidence in what you're doing, 
you know, and you, you get hit in the mouth and then you don't really know how to counterpunch, you know, sometimes that lack of confidence breeds a lack of enthusiasm and then it changes your entire body language and how you're moving. And that's what feels like happens to this team. And to me, more than offensive deficiencies and more than roster construction, two years in a row where this team can't handle adversity, that speaks volumes to me. Yep. And it's making me start to doubt a little bit if yep. the message is being heard. Um, because last year when there were injuries and then you'd give up a run and you'd get beat by four or five and a bunch of hanging the heads, uh, you're seeing the same thing uh, today. I think a lot of it has to do with personnel. Uh, and I know people get mad at me saying the Crean versus Archie guys. I think the Crean guys are not buying into Archie, but yet Archie has to do something to get him. He's, he, he can't be absolved of, it, of the problems. But it is clear cut. This team is not together. This team is not mentally and physically tough. And to be fair, some of the guys he recruited haven't developed as you would hope too, for whatever reason, whether it's Injuries injury or predominantly. Yeah, or just, you know, the message not getting fully into them either. Now a lot of those guys have had injuries, but it you know, it's it's certainly highlighted with those guys because you're counting on them more than any others because they're your seniors but, and juniors. But But look at this. He turned Jawan Morgan from a seven point per game into an NBA player. Cause Jawan Morgan was tough. And Jawan Morgan bought into Archie Miller. He didn't necessarily like Archie Miller because he didn't want to play to five. But he played well enough to get a pro contract because he listened to Archie and represented that toughness that Archie had. So there's an example of Archie's message getting across. When the, you know, when the pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. I, I believe that in the classroom. I believe that on the basketball floor. And, and I know that's a pro coach statement and, and people can come at me. But if the pupil won't be open to listening, you can try many different lesson plans. We've all had kids in the classroom. If you're an educator out there, you cannot reach. Um, it's still up to yeah. us to keep trying and keep trying. But Juwan heard the message and got a pro contract from seven points a game as a sophomore. Um, so that was a Korean guy that Archie was able to reach, but the other guys aren't showing that. Well, you know, Juwan was also, and, and I think this gets, this gets overlooked a lot. He was a special kid. I mean, yeah. he came in, he came in wanting to be a leader as a freshman, you know, I mean, he was he mentally, he was a different kind of kid and, um, not saying that there aren't kids like that out there, but it just, it, you know, he was, you talk about buying in and things like that. And he was a guy who was bought into Indiana more than he was bought into a coach. I feel yep. like, and, and he came yeah, in fair. You know I mean? You remember him. I mean, we talked about yep. it on the show back then and we've talked about it since that in his interviews when they were like, wow, the culture is really struggling there and guys are getting arrested and, you know, kicked off the team and all this stuff. He said, no, that wants me, makes me want to get there more and help change it. I mean, that's a special, any high schooler to say that that's special, you know, that's but, a guy who knows what, he's doing and you're right he bought in and whether it was and he bought in and i would say that that he that's the example that should be set but you know i mean not everyone's like that andy stump has had a great chat mob today andy if you're still there his comments have been really sharp um andy you've done a great job and he sits there and says andy needs to stop being or archie needs to stop being a player's coach and, and I, I i think that's true i think he's too um hard trying to make everything's cohesive and everything he can't be afraid to just tick people off he needs to have that minnesota talk with the team that he had last that was year minnesota. I was and, and, and I was the bottom line is game that was. He, he needed to have that in Lucky october you, you to be honest he needs yeah. to have that in october which, I, yeah. I was thinking wisconsin but i because i knew go it was back. one of those it was a road but game here's 
I don't want to. I, I don't want to be negative on on players. I, I'm proud of everyone who wears the the uniform, but the personalities of Devontae Green and Justin Smith don't fit Archie. They just don't. And, and whether mm-hmm. whether that's true or not, that's probably where the disconnect is coming in because those guys aren't playing to their ceiling or closer to their ceiling. They're playing closer to their floor. And, and and I think Al has to some extent gotten better, but Al needs to be a backup point guard coming off the bench and put in appropriate. Uh, situations. He got um, better, and then he's regressed the last. Yeah, but month. The, the remaining guys aren't that mentally tough by nature. They're just nice guys, um, and they allow stuff to happen. Um, and then all of a sudden, they'll get tough for a moment. Um, that's, but it's still someone's responsibility. And I'm gonna, I'm having a hard time defending uh, Archie. I mean, it's, when, just, it's both. Like it's not either or. It's both. You know, so. Everybody shares responsibility. So anybody who's trying to thing. say like this is the reason, like there's some no, different there's a things lot there, of reasons, but yeah. it does go to the coach to make the changes. You know, so that's and that's what's gonna that's what has to happen next. Here here's ultimately and I and I've done this as a coach too. I've just played the younger guys. But you yeah. gotta be willing to lose. I mean you, know, you play Demise, you play Jerome, you play race. Uh, if, if my, if those guys are the guys buying in and the other guys aren't buying in, you just play different guys, but you got to be okay with losing and the way, you know, way the, the Twitter and everyone's going to be, that's there, there's going to be fault with that as well. See, okay. This is going to, I know this is going to come out wrong. So forgive me, but I really think that Indiana fans know how to lose. And what I mean by that is I think Indiana fans will accept we Indiana fans proved this the first three years of Crean's era. Like Indiana fans know how to accept a respectful effort where it looks like guys are trying to do the right things, even if it you we want to see a team play up to its level, like maximize, get you know, play to the maximum of its abilities, as Pete Bell would say. And I think when Indiana fans see that, regardless of the outcome on the scoreboard, they respect what happens. <laughs> now, that's not a long term strategy. It's yeah, got to eventually go move toward winning. But I as agree. a pathway to winning and culture change, you know, if you're afraid of that, then you know, and we're not saying Archie is because we haven't talked with him about it. But if you are, then you're not the right coach for a place like Indiana because Indiana fans appreciate smart basketball and effort. You know, so and Boy, moving Jared, toward moving toward a, a result. Absolutely right, because the chat mob is just going crazy agreeing with you. And if they're still around after an hour after that yeah. loss and they're not out doing something more fun <laughs> like chasing their wife around the living room or something, and they're still listening to us. <laughs> Is that what, uh, happens? what I do for fun? I just that's what happens all Saturday in the Tonsoni yeah, I chase household? her around Man, two laps and then I give I'm, up. Maybe I'm doing marriage wrong here. <laughs> I guess. Oh, you got kids. Way, uh, worth it never that. happened. In, it never happened until after the kids left. You know, now there's. You used to chase them around and uh, AC uh, after dark really, at three thirty in the afternoon. Uh, by the way, <laughs> it's really uh, gone bad. In case and Mrs. Have, T's listening, I'm in trouble. In case you guys have missed it, uh, Florida State is a five on number seven Louisville right now. They're Florida up State, five. Yeah, yes. who Indiana Help hammered. The computer rankings. <laughs> that gives us uh, hope, Ryan. It gives us hope. Um, okay, we, one we, la- I, I do want to make one last point. Um, and this was off of what you said from Andy, and it goes off what we talked about with uh, with Archie. His point was about not needs to stop being a player's coach. You know, it's funny. You, you can be a player's coach when you have elite talent to a certain extent. You can't combine being a player's coach with, the talent level Indiana has right now, yep. you know, because Indiana is not going to win with talent. They're going to win with grit and toughness and execution and development and yeah, working and with guys. To so it's just, you know, Which like Sean, to Sean's guys? program at, at Sean Miller's program at Arizona, they're branded as a player's program. 
you know, they're also getting five star recruits. Now yeah. their program also hasn't reached, you know, the its potential yeah. and what what fans wanted, but that's the thing. Well, here's you the, can't do both. Here's the thing is to to develop players, you don't be pals with them. You got to push them. And you got to push them to be better than what they are. And you got to push them to get more out of themselves than than they already have. And I'm sure coach knows this. It's like you can't just sit there and develop a player and be like, oh, do your own workout, you know, like figure it out. Oh, you're a little tired. Let's take you, you know, let's give you a break. Like, no, you push guys. That's how you get them. You know, very few guys are going to be Victor Oladipo where they take it on themselves to develop into a superstar. And and so that's, you know, it, it takes pushing guys. What are you dying uh, about over there? The chat mob is just hilarious right now <laughs> responding to coach. No. Oh. Uh, but you started. <laughs> Jen, 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 Jen's not happy with me. <laughs> Jen's comment is great. Hush, coach. I don't need my hubby hearing this now that our kids are out of the house. <laughs> Jen, you need good shoes and a list of jobs. <sighs> Those are the two things that keep me away. <laughs> good shoes to run away and a list of to-do lists. Keeps here's, me in the, here's the bright side. If I have some time, we're going to get some great drops out of this episode. Okay. So. I have a question for you, Jared. And, yes. and coach, you can chime in on this as well. Take the four major teams in Indiana, the Notre Dame, Butler, Purdue, and IU. Four major teams. If you had to build a roster of 12 people, how many guys from Indiana would definitely, without an argument, be on it right now? Wait. Okay. So take the, the all four teams in Indiana and, okay. You have Tra- to make one roster out of all those players. Trace. How? How many te- how many players on Indiana's roster would 100% be on the team? No arguments. Like not like oh this guy could be a bench guy. I mean like Trace. You, there's no question. That's it. Trace right? and One- freshman Rob. Yeah, but I know. Well, that, that's I'm why I, right I, I would have said though. Rob. No, right now it's Trace. Um, it's Trace. That's it, right? And there's Did some other guys that you might want to be there, but you wouldn't have a real compelling argument for it. And you'd have to kind of argue it. No, I mean there, there's one player on Indiana who would make that roster and that is Awful. Like sums up the entire problem with the program right now. It's just the guys either they're not getting the right guys or they're not developing the right guys or developing the guys they do get. And it's man, it's maddening. Like think about that 20 years ago. I know basketball's changed. It's completely different. But 20 years ago to think that Indiana would get. Yeah, it would have been Indiana's roster with whoever the good Purdue player was. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, man, that's staggering. Like, it's just staggering. I was thinking about that during the game today as, you know, the Butler game was going on. And, you know, I was getting seeing updates on my Twitter feed, and it's like, that is just staggering that there's one guy who would definitely be on an all-Indiana college team. Man, we had I mean, a chance you, to end the show on a positive note. We did. I know. We were so, so close. And you think have to, about that you, until the next to, game, Morris. No, but you, you, you could almost do the same for Notre Dame and Purdue. I don't know that there's a real lock, depending on what you wanted to do with the program. I mean, the one of the big guys at Purdue, uh, they're not they've, playing very they've well. They've got some either. guys that are making shots, though. You know, like that's yeah. it's frustrating to look at. I, I was talking with Alex about this on podcast on the brink, like. I'm not saying for sure that Art, you know, that Kareen should have recruited Stefanovic and that Archie should have offered Eric Hunter, but I do know that both those guys are shooting 40 plus percent from three point range, and they're limited players in certain ways, but they can at least they make get, shots. But they you know? can give you at least one thing, like yeah, consistently, and, you know. And and look, I I still think we have guys who can't like. Okay, we are not going to be a great shooting team, fine, but we can be a decent shooting team. We have sure guys who that? have made shots, but right now, I mean, it's just cratering. So 
you know, we can be a better shooting team than this, and that's Security. when things will turn around a little bit. The, the key thing there is you got to run something for shooters every yeah. once in a while. Agreed. I really yes. believe that. No, that was uh, a great uh, point today, Coach. Yes, yeah, you've got to run something for shooters. Um, or run. Something I think that was Jared. Like, Jared said oh, it. I don't want to steal his okay. thunder. I thought um, you said but, it. Um, I think you got to oh, run Jared stuff. Said it, per- it was a terrible. Purdue runs stuff. They run that double stagger handoff. They run a play called gut where they down screen harms and slip him and that. So the bigs are threats yep. off of that. But then I was going to say slip something are, for Trace and then pop yeah, the shooter. Yeah, and, and um and pop the shooter. I, I think you got to run. Um, you got to run some more for the shooters, a, to get them involved. So they don't hang their heads and feel like they all just got to throw the ball in, inside, man. There's um, some, there's some plays out of coach Woods playbook. I wish we would run. We had a play called Troy named after Troy Lewis from Purdue. They're, hey, send me that. I, we play them Friday. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> send you some of the plays they used, that we used and to run. They got a seven foot dude. Who does that in high school at our level? <laughs> Good for Seven good. foot and a six four guard and a Purdue football recruit. <laughs> That's they've had some athletes come through there recently. I mean, he's good. He's a great coach. I great like coach guy. Wood. Coach Wood's great, and Coach Wood would I hold you accountable. I should have. It was really funny. So my buddy in Milwaukee lives in Whitefish Bay, which is like a suburb of Milwaukee, and he went to the local. Uh, they call it the Derby because it's the two teams locally. It was Whitefish Bay High School against Dominican, which is the the big Catholic school that gets a lot of good recruits. And he walked in and it was, you know, he lives down the street. So he went to the game with his family and who walks in five minutes in Giannis walks in because Giannis's little brother's on Dominican. And so it was, it was Giannis. And then Steve Novak, there's a throwback name for people who like college basketball. We're both there hanging out. And he was, and I was like, man, I got to go to a high school game around. I haven't been to a high school game in a while, man. So yeah, <laughs> just Giannis hanging out at your local high school game. I wonder if he's recognizable in a crowd. Are you ready to start writing your Tom Brady to the Chargers columns after they lose tonight? Oh, my God. Like <laughs> I, I have a question for people. Why on earth would you go for playing for Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick to go play for Dean Spanos and Anthony Lynn? They like, need to just they need to do hard knocks on Tom Brady, the culture shock of going from the like, Patriots to the Chargers. Like, well, I'm in LA, but every game is a road game. Like it's <laughs> like, why would he do that? And if he did do it, if you're the now look at it from the Chargers perspective, you're giving up on Phillip Rivers, which he's older, he didn't have a great season. I get it. You're giving up on Phillip Rivers because he's old and slow and coming off a bad season. Tom Brady is older. If anything, slower. And they both and yell at everybody. Off, it is coming off his worst season in what? Like seven, it's, eight years? It would just be about selling tickets and relevancy. That's it. But the, here's the thing. In Los Angeles, it's not like Tom Brady is LeBron James where he's in the middle of like, uh, he can still go get it. You know, like LeBron is still one of the top 10 players in the NBA, even on an off night. Tom Brady <laughs> isn't going to be a draw in LA. Like people are like, oh, I'm going to go watch a 42 year old quarterback suited up. I know. Like, I should not have opened it, this Pandora's box. But it's just hilarious. It is hilarious. It is. It's, but like, it, that's a storyline that's going to come. I know it is. He just moved to Connecticut, though. I don't think he's going anywhere. He just moved his, and enrolled his kids in school. I don't think he's going anywhere. Couple, couple things to end on a positive, too. It, it is awesome. And I want to thank both of you guys and Andy, too, for including me on the show. Um, we got guys coming to our high school game wearing assembly call T-shirts. <laughs> Uh, I'm on the sideline watching the other team warm up, trying to get some last minute scouting and the guy and, and Ryan, uh, Howell comes up at 1530 in the pregame and introduces myself, introduces to me. And he's got a, the manager of the opposing team is there 
throwing the balls back to the Oak Hill, and he comes over. Hey, Coach, love love the podcast. All right, there at the pregame. Um, so thank you. They guys. do sneak up on you, don't they? We got yeah, couple, they sneak up. I remember it wasn't last year. It was the it was the the meetup before that. We're it were it, Jared, Andy, and I were standing together on the floor before the game, and people were like just kept walking by and like introducing themselves to us. It was just kind of like it's awesome. This is, I know it was awesome, but it was also kind of weird, like because yeah. you know. It, the, like that's because you're afraid people the, are going to punch you. We know people are coming well, to shake our hands. No, but I it felt like it did feel a little bit like people might think that we're always together or something. You know, and they were always on the show together. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a positive. This show has meant a lot to me. Uh, you guys I mean know. a lot. Uh, it, it, it's just nice to get that. And then the guy said, "Is you don't ever meet your heroes?" And man, I got to watch what I say here. I'm chasing around Mrs. Tonsoni. I don't know if I'm hero status. That, no, that makes you more heroic. That, yeah. that is one so, of the more heroic things that you've said on this. You show. developed some fans today, definitely. All right. Um, and then, hey, that, Ryan, my girlfriend's giving me looks. I got. What I gotta was the messaging? Does, is your messaging working in your anniversary uh, week? What do you oh, mean? Yeah. Is your messaging, you know? hitting the mark and, and being well received uh it's been a year anniversary for you well it's i mean yeah she's still around huh she's still around we still she's still living together so yeah, nice. she's looking at her clock like 90 minutes they lost by 19 points what's wrong with you <laughs> why can't we quit this and, show yeah uh but no we did uh, congratulations by thank the way you. That's yes awesome. congratulations well she'll, and she'll be out in uh in february with uh with the parents too you guys can meet the parents find out where i came from good Ooh. hey can she can your mom bring some tiramisu <laughs> <laughs> man just that uh, tweet just reading that made me salivate i love that stuff oh, dude it's so good hers <laughs> is so good uh, um but uh yeah we had our, our one year was thursday and then we went out to dinner last night we went to, out to dinner two nights in a row Still yeah i'll, I'll see what i this. i'll see what i can do how many 180 people. Hey, you did get dumped in the chat room, Ryan. It's now not Ryan's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. okay. That works. Well, it was uh, probably time for that. Probably time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'll see what I can do about tiramisu for you, uh, for you, coach. Oh man, you, you're already my favorite. You I need know. to give, you need to give the Western that Italian background, band, but coach, you need to give the Western pet band, the Tonsoni time song so they can play it before <clears> games. <laughs> I don't know if any of our Western fans listen, but our, our band is tremendous. No, it's when you call Mandis. a timeout. They should play Tonsoni time. <laughs> <laughs> or when you get ejected. Man, here's a great story. I got told to sh- this guy I work for, we are real tight. We, 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 we have a great r- working relationship and I, we're up three late and, and I'm like, hey, you think you want to go silver, switching, whatever we were doing? And he's like, shut up. I got told to sh- shut up in a timeout. And and the, and the thing is, I just talked too much, so I just backed off. Yeah. And, and his dad helps out What's on the staff. Like? I've never had that problem. I and I turned to his dad. About. I said, I just got told to shut up. And he goes, oh. It's better you than me. That's that's no, what goes on at timeouts. Somebody, you guys think we're the, really strategizing during timeouts? No, I yeah, got told to shut up by the head coach. Probably, somebody in the crowd was probably like, "About damn time, God!" Yeah, <sighs> we didn't oh, switch guess. either, and we, uh, we ended up winning. So All right. he, he made the right. Dis- this was right awesome. Longest post game show ever. This game certainly deserved it. I have, I have to it. cut this off at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for being here. Have fun, Jason. Here I come, coach. Mrs. Tonsoni. Here I come. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right, later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Cascade Platinum every night saves you water every night. Come meet me at the dishwasher, babe.
amazing. See, hand washing dishes at your sink uses about four gallons of water every two minutes. But with Cascade Platinum at your dishwasher, four gallons of water gets the whole job done. Slow the flow of that H2O and change your routine. Do it every night with Cascade Platinum. A surprising way to save water. Want to save 17 gallons of fuel every thousand miles? You can with the powerful combination of Michelin X1 tires and the Michelin Energy Guard aerodynamic solution on your truck. Michelin X1 tires can reduce rolling resistance up to 30% for more fuel savings. And Michelin Energy Guard helps you control airflow for lower costs per mile. Go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details and start saving today.